0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett. Sports card insights. Thanks, sponsors: Panini, Upper Deck, Tops, Heritage Auctions, Huntington Scott Auction, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Comcy, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards. Uh, question in the casual hobby content creators dinner. Actually, it was Ivan Lovgren's question about conflicts of interest. A lot of smart people in the room. So here it is. Conflict, also, of conflict of interest aspect of
1: interest aspect i know just like my quick take on it is because i measure comps so much i still have yet to actually see me tweet something and the comps go up i've been watching this for a long time trying to check but there are other influencers who aren't in this room where i've actually seen the price of a card in the midst of a day go up and, and honestly and i don't know that it was a pump and dump either because they said hey i'm looking to buy them yeah, the prices went up so this also gets to uh oh and we left the room patrick's question about do i post if i'm trying to buy something so i'm just curious everybody else's thoughts and stance i have a personal stance of my ebay is transparent my C is transparent what do you guys think what's our responsibility i'd like to talk about this because we've seen this happen right last february was the
2: first time that i rolled out with my membership program there was two levels of membership for sports card master the higher level of membership you got market boomer software the lower level of membership you got our card pick the week and other features like access to our Facebook group and our Discord that were private members only stuff and everything like that. I was pushing card pick of the week. That was the benefit of the membership. People pay $9 a month and every week I write a card pick. Undoubtedly, the market didn't move when I would put a card pick in one. I saw it happen and to be quite honest, at first I was excited about it. I'm like, oh, you know what? People are buying the cards that I'm recommending. That's great. They were all 100% cards that I believed in. I never ever sold a single card after recommending. However, my opinion on whether that was a good idea or not really started to change as last year went on. Because I realized what I was doing was encouraging people not to do their own homework. Usage and encouraging people to take a lazy approach to the hobby, which is the market's going up, it's easy to make a quick buck, and the way you make a quick buck is by listening to someone with a big voice and latching on to their pick. And so we made the decision, the MIT made the decision last October that we really wanted to decrease the emphasis on that. So we did a few different things. Now, people like the card pick content, and I am not against people putting out content about, like, hey, here's what I'm buying, here's what I'm buying and why. But we decided to make some changes to it. So the first thing we did, we got rid of the lower level membership, where people were just buying the membership just to get these card picks. Because we're like, that's dangerous. That encourages the wrong people. So we instead kept two levels of membership, but the lower level of membership just got a lighter version of market course. We continued to put out our card pick of the week because people like it but I invited a whole bunch of other people to contribute to the article. Now we have five different voices typically that contribute to the article each week. I don't even contribute to the article Anyone who contributes to the article has to agree it's in the article that any card they reference in the article, they themselves are not allowed to personally sell that card for at least 30 days. And none of our people are selling these cards anyway for much longer than that, because they're cards that they genuinely believe. And we decided to take a much more educational approach with the card post. Instead of just saying, hey, we're buying Tiger Woods right now, we're saying, hey, Here's why golf cards might be a category that could heat up. Here's why Tiger Woods is a particular card that we have a look at. We try to dive into population reports. We try to dive into price changes, history. We try to take more of an educational approach. That's where,
3: to me, the, the big difference is when you go into it from that aspect of where you're discussing a market and you're pointing where. You know, everything's on the up and up completely and you can't be accused of that type of stuff because you are evaluating the market, which is
2: something that, let's be honest, we do. And we do a combination of both. We do content where we evaluate the market and it's all based on what has happened. Then we do content where it's like, hey, here's some cards that I'm thinking about buying. Here's why I like these cards. We try to take a very explanatory approach now and use it as an opportunity to educate because ultimately, People need to learn how to do it themselves, but they do need to hear your thought processes. Like, it's okay, in my opinion, to say, hey, these are the cars that I'm thinking about buying and why, but the why is really important, and you've got to invest in the why. And I, mean, I think from a transparency and ethics standpoint, you absolutely cannot put anything out and then sell it anytime soon. Like, it has to be stuff that you 100% believe in and it's stuff that you're buying and holding.
0: Well, that's your position for your company. That's great, but Ivan, there are a lot of people that, Ignore what Jeff is saying, and they're going to tout and tout without any conscience whatever. So what are you planning to do? What would you do if you were the czar? There's no crime that's been committed. So how would you police it or how would you rectify it? For me, the fear is that it's not always transparent. An
1: example that's a little transparent is there's a gentleman who is posting a, an in, like a card picks to Instagram. Here's the three best cards of this guy to invest in and someone found, but it was not transparent, his eBay account and said, it's really weird. You put their best card, their second best card, and then some really random card, and you happen to be selling that random card on your eBay every time it happens. But now with consignment, with PWCC, with COMC, with accounts that don't have names Mm -hmm. on social media, I don't know. So I'm asking the people in this room who are all here because I'm literally looking around, I can think of four examples of this in the big hobby. And none of you guys are examples that I've seen do it. what is our responsibility at the same time how do i go out and buy my diego rossi rookie cards without them going up
4: here's what i do i keep my ear to the floor on what everyone's talking about if they're talking about it i'm not buying it unless it's like super specialized pc i'm talking like numbered to fives numbered to ones things i'm not going to see again if they're talking about it i wait 30 days and see what happens and when those people are now dumping these cards because they've realized that they don't like them. Now is my time to go and look for these cards that I've been looking for. <laughs> so, and
0: so be, being super transparent, the three guys on my podcast all have very distinct, we are fans of this team, we collect these players. We are fans of these players, we collect them. So, the perfect example from earlier this season, Akil Badu. Huge opener of the season, hasn't done much since started with the Twins now with the Tigers. I wasn't looking to pick them up in April but now that they're cheap and available I'll pick them up for my set needs. On the show uh, we're pretty consistent about this is what we're looking for, clear as day, hey we have some of these are available for sale. We're never behind the scenes saying no everybody should buy this card because it's the hot card and oh by the way I bought a hundred of them they're currently on eBay. That's just not something we do. For the most part, we, don't, we really don't even reset. We'd like to be very transparent of this is what we have, this is what we've recently picked up, what we have available for sale so that everyone knows. I think so many onus falls
1: on, on people in general. I've never bought a card because someone else told me to do it. It's the old blame the gun or, or blame the person. So if I buy a card, I didn't listen to someone to tell me to, to do it. I was born being a sports fan and, and following sports is why I got into the hobby so I'll give those folks a pass that are saying that someone tells me jump off a bridge I'm not going to jump off the bridge so are people influenced easily
3: sure but who's fault is that it's a free market right? so it's really up to the buyer whether or not they want to educate themselves on what they're buying or not educate themselves on what they're buying I've seen a lot of fake cards sell for huge money and sometimes I feel prompted to be like hey by the way this is not a pack issued 1990 upper equity Jackson autograph because the hologram on the back is not diamond it's circular as the standard issue, the time and the hologram is pack-issued autographed card. So people didn't know that, they would be into the card, I already had a bid. And I was like, somebody bid on this, someone's going to lose out. As soon as I say that, somebody listened and pulled the card from eBay. So you're doing your part, but it's not up to me, it's up to the buyer to not bid or whatever. It's really up to them. It's difficult to place direct blame, but a lot of that blame can fall on the buyer because they, they should have known better, caveat emptor, right?
4: There's a lot of education out there on what to look, for example, for a fake PSA case. A lot of that can be done via our different outlooks because everyone should probably know what they are looking at. And if you don't, it's buyer beware at this point. So,
0: Well, Jeff, you're talking about lowering the bar. Yeah. Is it possible to lower the bar yeah. too, too low? That people come in, oh, hey, no problem. And they don't take David's course, an <laughs> online course, but it's only seven hours. But it's seven hours that most people don't spend. And they come in, hey, everything's fine. They listen to somebody that sounds like they know what they're talking about. So how are you straddling that?
2: Yeah, well, the challenge is that one of the top suggestions was FOMO. And there's with how hot the sports card market was last year, in the first few months of this year, and all of the regular press and publicity was getting on ESPN and CNN and you know, all these other sites, it was causing a lot of people to go, wait a minute, am I supposed to be in this and do this to make quick dollars? And then of course, those people come in and they just want to toss money in and then you see these bubble cycles and you see mm-hmm. what happened with Top's Project 2020 last summer and you see what happened with Tiger Woods cards in November and then you see what happened with NFTs recently and NBA Top Shot and stuff like that. The challenge is that one of the other topics we want to talk about is how do you get more people in and make it sustainable? And if they come in, and if you just put all the onus on them to be like, buyer beware, yeah, but if those people come in and have a bad experience, they're never going to come back. They're, they're going to get turned off. They're going to they're get burned because they listened to the card pick, and then the card was in a bubble period, and then it crashed on the other side, and people made money off their ignorance. That's a tough thing. Now, at the same time, how do you police it? What do you do about it? It's a tough thing. We try more and more to repeat the message in our content around education but it's a tough challenge. I, I don't know exactly what the solution is to it, but I definitely feel like there have absolutely been people that have come into the hobby over the past 12 months that have had really bad experiences because they've come in at the wrong time. And I bet there's a whole bunch of people right now that bought cars on February 12th, 13, 14, 15, 16th, and 17 that are in
0: bad shape right now. Jim, let me ask you. Beckett Magazine was fame for never doing investment advice, at the time you had by far the biggest now piece in the
2: hobby, uh, producing more than a million copies by 1993 each month. Did you really even have to think about it or did you just say, we're just going to go this way and just... Well,
0: it's it's not the right thing to do. Basically, people are born self-interested, okay? But there are boundaries that society puts up that says, you know what, this is okay and this is not. Well, Ivan, what you're saying, it's not okay. But it's not illegal. You're misleading people. The more people you get in the hobby, you're never going to have a pure hobby where everybody is looking out for the other guy and doing the golden rule. But what we did, because I wasn't necessarily the czar, but I was the boss of a company at least. And so the people on our team, you just have a a cut and dried rule. We're not going to give investment advice, we're not going to be dealing in cards and things like that. It kept it simple because otherwise you get in a gray area. The people you're going to criticize, they're probably going to claim it's a gray area. Yeah, I'm touting it. Yeah, I have it, but yeah, I still think it's a really good deal. And, and people ought to do their own homework, but people don't do their own homework, always. And of course, if they listened to every podcast in this room, <laughs> they would have no time to sell or buy carts.
3: <laughs> Maybe it just comes down to with a disclaimer. You, know, you have to constantly rotate the disclaimer. So like, by the way, we're not here to tell you exactly how you should spend your money.
0: I know, but these guys that are touting, they could say that it, like the cigarette warnings or the bad pharmaceuticals, uh, the side effects, they're fast at the end. It's people still hear what they want to hear. And what Brad was saying, they're master storytellers in many cases. They're tickling the ears. Well, it, But it's not always just shilling. So that example I used, he literally said, hey,
1: I'm buying these. Does that mean he was sitting on a bunch and shilling them? Or was he actually buying them and he doesn't care if they go up 50 bucks because he's worth $300 million. But he it, just he likes it. the cards, too. Yeah. Well, vastly impacts the market so I guess I'm just wondering where our responsibilities lie yeah, I
2: and mean, you're he's doing that
1: consistently for the last year and a half I mean he's,
2: you have what opinion are you gonna have on
0: it but he's not yeah. a fly by night no, no he's he basically yeah. is doing it and doing it and doing it and are people telling him to stop
2: <laughs> no I personally think it's fantastic and because I he's raised, gonna have a
0: track record
2: and to be quite honest you wanted to come um, when we talk about the market tip I, Part of the market dip is that Gary Vee, in February, shifted his attention from sports cars to NFTs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that's part of your market dip. Good news is the other day, he tweeted he's buying Tops tops LeBron, LeBron you know, <laughs> grown cards and that he's gonna be at the national. So I'm like, all right, that, that, that NFT launch for Gary was a little rocky. So we're past that now. So I'm kind of thinking, maybe he's gonna come back over to the card world a little more this summer. Things could go up. But yes, it, it's that type of thing. But I don't know, it's tough. One thing I will say has advanced a lot in the last year thanks to Car Ladder and some of the work that you know we're doing and others, is access to data and information. I have had the theory that if you can get people access to market data and information and make it more readily accessible and easy to access, then that educates people and that allows people to make smarter
4: decisions more quickly. Look what happened to the stock market. Robinhood with Web, Weeble right. and all of those other apps that yep. entered the whole, yep. the whole sphere, with all the information, now all of a sudden, your neighbor's now selling random stock. <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and in the card world, the downside of the access to information is now Card Letter and us. We're now targets mm-hmm. for people going on eBay and, and placing fake bids on, bids on items and then not paying for them. Because they figured yeah. out that eBay doesn't report that information back to us. So we don't know if that sale's legitimate or not. Now we're left to our own device to look at the buyer feedback rating and stuff like this to try to figure out. Is that real? Does that fit the pattern of the most recent sales of that card? Now all of a sudden we bear a responsibility of trying to not let people manipulate our own data to then manipulate the rest of the market.
0: Access to information data does have a little bit of a double-edged sword to it in that it's not perfect either.